Hello, and welcome to the TNT podcast, that is to say, Thriving in Technology. Your hosts are Sam Moulton, Petra Stefanova, and yours truly, Cecilia Taylor. We are all members of the Influence team here at NetApp. For this episode, we are pleased to be joined by NetApp's Sally Waba and Rochelle Helton as we prepare to attend the Grace Hopper Celebration in Houston, Texas. Sally is a member of the technical staff at NetApp in RTP, North Carolina. She joined NetApp in 2012 after obtaining her PhD in computer science from Clemson University. She's passionate about outreach and increasing the number of women in STEM. <laughs> Rochelle Helton, currently working in our renewals group and which draws on her cross-functional abilities and has previously worked in NetApp customer support and procurement departments. She is passionate about our NetApp Women in Technology employee group and serves on our global WIT steering as the chair of strategy and operations. Thank you so much for joining us, Sally and Rochelle, on the TNT podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So ladies, I have to say, this is quite an impressive introduction. I can't even remember all the incredible uh, things Cecilia mentioned about your career. So why don't you quickly let us know about your career at NetApp, you know, anything you would like to share with our audience about, about you. Shall we start with Sally? Sure. So, um, yeah, as Cecilia mentioned, I got my PhD from Clemson, and um, there I was active in like technology and uh, just different groups with the student government. And then when I came to NetApp, I was like, well, is there something similar? And there was, so that was really exciting. Um, so we have a very active wood group here that I'm part of. And then in terms of like what I actually get paid for, is <laughs> I'm a software engineer in the performance engineering group. Every once in a while we change our name. Um, <laughs> but it, in the end, it's the performance engineering group. Um, so things I've been working on where I started with uh, external cache, so that's supporting read performance, and then I moved to uh, working on fast failover to improve the failover performance, and then now we're working on the performance for software-defined ONTAP for our um, uh, cloud offering. So it's been a fun ride so far. That is a lot of stuff. That was quite a mouthful. Um, how about you, Rochelle? Uh, yes, um, my name is Rochelle Helton. I've, I'll be with NetApp 10 years coming up here in October. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm 10 in the years renewal. for me this year, too. Yeah, so it was we're, a good we're both 10-year 10 10 year people. <laughs> yeah, it was a good year. So I'm in renewals now. I have been in other departments, and a lot of folks aren't familiar with what um, a renewal is. So NetApp sells products and solutions, and a renewal is NetApp selling our support of our products and solutions. And it's a support contract and it has a designated time, so then we need to, you know, either sell them new gear or renew their support contract. So that's a renewal. I was going to ask you what that was, so thanks for clearing that up. Yes, and we love renewals. Um, it's a good chunk of um, our revenue at NetApp. It's a good thing. And I would say what ties the different departments, people say, what? You were in procurement and support and renewals. What do they have in common? In each of those, there were different problems that were large enough that it brought the company's attention. And so what I've noticed over time is where there's a large problem, I'm there to help. 
and um, I'm familiar with different people at NetApp and different processes to help make things work better. That, yeah, that sounds um, like a cool person to know. What do you think, Sam? I'm well, glad yeah, I get I to meet gonna, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that for comes sure. from being around for you know, the 10 years, you get to know people um, and they can really help you get the get your, your day job done um, mm. because of the connections that you have. And I, I totally appreciate that. So tell us about uh, attending the conference, Rochelle, and then we'll get to Sally. I think we really need to start with Sally because I read her blog and it's fabulous. It's the oh. Hiker's Guide to the Grace Hopper Conference. So let me throw it to Sally. Oh, thanks, Rochelle. <laughs> um, so, wow, how do I choose the sessions? So, I try to have it as a mix of uh, technical and career sessions. And Grace Hopper has a lot of uh, technical sessions that are introductory level. So, this is a great opportunity for me to learn something about a new technology or something about a technology that I don't know anything about. Um, and there are like so many tracks and so many, like, if you go to a technical conference for a specific topic, then all you learn is that topic. But with Grace Hopper, you get a variety of technical topics. So that's great. Um, and for the career sessions, they have the topics usually divided for like early career, mid-career, advanced career. So it's an easy way for me to kind of uh, pick where I am in my career and pick sessions for that. Uh, but then again, I try to make sure that I don't fill all my schedule so that I can network with people. So there are 20,000 people this year, so you can imagine how much networking you can get done. Wow. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah, I, I uh, just want to jump in and say also Rochelle's points. It's really, really true. I'm really impressed by your blog, and it's it's such a fun thing to, to read about and how you structure it. So maybe you should have you more often on the NetApp blog. Um, <laughs> So for those of you listening, make sure you read Sally's blog, of course, but um, if you haven't already, Sally, would you give, give our, our first-timers to Grace Hopper a few uh, tricks and tips um, you probably not already mentioned? You said a little bit about networking, a little bit about sessions, but you know, what are your insider tips for first-goers? So make sure you wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> um, I think this is like the most important thing. Um, a lot of people at conferences try to wear like high heels and you will be miserable <laughs> there if you do so because the conference um, center is pretty big and you'll be walking around from one session to the next. You'll probably be running from one session to the next, not just uh, walking. Um, and in terms of clothing, just wear anything that you're comfortable with. People get dressed in like shorts and t-shirts all the way to like on suits. Uh, so don't don't worry too much about what to wear. Um, since this is for like public audience, of course, if you're looking for a job, uh, then you want to be a little bit like maybe business casual for the career fair. Um, I probably wouldn't wear shorts to the career fair if I'm looking for a job. Uh, <laughs> no flip-flops? Yeah, no flip-flops either. Yeah, probably not flip-flops if you're looking for a job. If you're just attending the conference, that's, to that's totally fine. Um, and yeah, um, make sure that whoever you're networking with, you have to connect with them on LinkedIn. I've made connections for years now, and, and, and I'm still in contact with the key um, If you don't have business cards, just uh, take a picture of these people, take a picture of their badge. Everyone will be wearing a badge because that's basically their ID at the, at the conference. Uh, so 
just take a, a picture of, of them with their badge, then you have like an idea who this person is. You connect with so many people, and at the end of the day, you'll probably forget who you talk to. Uh, taking these pictures will be good. So Sally, just as a follow-on, sure. for those of us who don't have the opportunity to attend, is there a way to connect with the conference um, either to, is, are there any live streams? Are there, do they publish any of the, um, the speaker presentations afterward? Or how, how does somebody who isn't attending kind of get, you know, get in on the, the action? Sure, so all keynotes are live streamed and also recorded. You can watch them later, like if, if you're in a different time zone or if you're busy, you can't watch it live. You can also always like watch the recording of it. Um, and I don't think the other sessions are recorded yet. Um, we always like give feedback as like, I'd like to, to have recordings of other sessions because there are so many concurrent sessions that even if you're attending, you'll miss other great sessions that you want to attend. Uh, but there are note takers, so there are volunteers at the conference that take notes and then publish them. Uh, oh. So keep checking the website, keep checking social media as well. So they will have their own hashtags, so look for that. And you'll find people either publishing blogs or taking notes and publishing them, uh, writing about their experience so you can, uh, you can still be engaged. And then there's ABI Local, so depending on where you are, uh, they would have like live streaming sessions and basically get togethers to, to talk about the conference. So that's another way you can participate. Huh. I wonder if they're doing anything in Maine. I'll have to check that out. Um, Net up New England. For so, those of you listening um, to the podcast, uh, make sure you know you follow on Twitter. I believe the hashtag is GHC18. Um, so make sure you engage and um, join the conversation. We will be live tweeting. Um, that responsibility is uh, going to Miss, um, Mrs. Cecilia Taylor, who would be attending there. So make sure you follow NetUpWit as well. There will be a lot of going on there. And uh, to Sally's point, I think I, that's exactly what I do at conferences as well, take pictures of people's badges or take selfies with them or follow them on Twitter. So it's a great tip for sure. What about you, Rochelle? Any, any tips for you? Have you been to Grace Hopper before? Yes, I went last year was my first time, so this is my second time. And I would say the first time you go, it, as a woman, you're just so stunned. You're so used to working in a male environment, you don't think about it anymore. And so suddenly you're with 20,000 women. It's just kind of a little startling. And you're that sounds awesome. amazing. It, it really is. And, and I think that's why it's grown so fast is because it's a huge morale boost. It's a huge morale boost. So Sally's blog goes into a lot of detail about what you need to know, know before you go. It's really a great blog. So I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go big and explain big picture what you could do and think about with Grace Hopper. Dream big. Think about where do you want to be in five years at NetApp? Do you want to be in a different technology? Do you want to um, be promoted? Do you want to get more technical? Do you want to learn more products? What do you want to do? And start exploring that in your mind with your NetApp colleagues. Um, there's a lot of people across companies you can net network with, absolutely. There's a lot of trainings you can attend and learn in sort of a school-like way. 
there'll be over 100 NetApp women there that you can network with. What are they doing? What do they like about it? What skills do they have? And um, I have some of my uh, relationships at NetApp were born in Grace Hopper. So to give an example, last year I wanted to not just talk about my group and my department, but about NetApp. So I started, you know, practicing that with others there, talking about NetApp, representing NetApp, and helping to recruit with NetApp. And, and then I followed up with HR and was doing some of that. That was fun. So this year I'm thinking bigger. I'm thinking um, I'll be working at our tech booth. I'll be talking about our NetApp products technically and recruiting in that way and working with our SEs and just really enjoying that. So dream big about what you can do, want to do, explore at NetApp, and enjoy it with your women peers who are collaborative and supportive, and it's great. I love this. I think this is fantastic, and I love that you're taking this perspective. You're not you're not just a bystander. You're actually getting involved and in, and trying to. I guess, grow something from your attendance at, at a conference, which I think is amazing. So uh, I think we were going to talk a little bit about how NetApp's involvement uh, with Grace Hopper su supports NetApp's values of diversity and inclusion. And I think we were going to direct that to Sally. So what do you think about that? Oh, wow. Actually, can I throw the ball in Rochelle's course? And one of the yeah, this time around. <laughs> yeah. Back at you, Rochelle. I would love to take that one. I think diversity is, at its truest point, the diversity of thought. As we have different perspectives of thought about how to build this product, how to sell it, how to promote it, we reflect more our customer base. We're able to see around the corner. We're able to figure out problems before their problems. We are awesome as we bring together our different thoughts. And I think what NetApp is trying to do with Grace Hopper, and we spend a tremendous amount of money on this conference and sending the women there, it's it's NetApp's way. It's not think of think of yourself if you were a corporation. It's not easy to figure out how you would get this diversity thing to happen. So one thing you can do is allow um, uh, people of different thoughts to go there and be there. Um, you know, I talked to um, a male technical director just this morning who's going to be going. I said you are going to love it. You're going to love the fact that I said you think that there's a problem hiring women engineers, you're going to be run over with them and you're going to realize, I need to save my wrecks and I need to be driving to Grace Hopper to recruit the best women engineers I want. They'll be there. And most of the recruiting is really the new grads there. At the same time, all the mid-careers like Sally and myself are there. So if NetApp wanted to, you know, do recruiting of mid-careers, they're all there. They're just not in the recruiting mode. As Sally said, we'll be there in our jeans and T-shirts and flip-flops. <laughs> well, I don't think you have to wear a suit to be in recruiting mode, right? I think all of us as NetApp employees passionate about what we do at NetApp are kind of indirect recruiters by promoting and by talking about our pro uh, our our company, 
we indirectly recruit people, they would be like, oh, wow, this is a cool company to work for because I've met this person and they seem really, really nice and so on. So that kind of was actually my question that I wanted to uh, to put towards, towards you, Rochelle. You've talked a lot about, you know, meeting with other NetApp people and learning how they, what they do and, you know, kind of, kind of engaging in a, in a, outside of office environment um, in a different, in a different, with people from different fields. But what I would like to ask you is, obviously there's so many women there, what would you like to tell them about NetApp and our culture of inclusivity and diversity and, you know, even women in tech initiative that you very much part of, what would you tell them? Why should they be excited to and interested about joining NetApp? I think NetApp's the place you can be what you want to be, how you want to be, who you want to be. I mean, we've built this company with our bare hands over the last 25 years. It didn't just happen, we built it. And one of the things that we like about our company is we like to make it as much a model company as we can. And if that's something you want to be a part of, um, people talk about startups and doing that. Um, we're not a startup any longer, but there's lots of parts of NetApp where people are grabbing on and making it and building it. And you can do that here if that's what you want to do. And I, I have to interject and just say that I, I absolutely agree with you because I think that uh, the A-team is a good example of kind of running with something that we hadn't been doing before. And, you know, luckily through the support of others that I work with, uh, this has become a program that is fairly well known across the company and externally. And I, I know I'm kind of shamelessly making a plug for the A-team, but uh, um, can't help myself. But I, I think it is an example of what you're, you're talking about, Michelle. I think it's some um, to your point is um, we're quite fortunate to be able to do what we love and what we want to do. And at NetApp, this is this is a reality. A lot of people doing those incredible jobs, jobs which are not necessary. We're not necessarily able to put into brackets in a on a paper. It's like this is a typical kind of job that people have in tech. You have the freedom to create your own job, and I think that's very very inspiring at NetApp. And um, I think it's one of the few companies where, as a woman in the workplace, you don't feel like, first of all, you're the only one, or you don't feel anyhow that you're the minority and that you're taken as equal. So that was one of my questions for, for both Sally and, and Rochelle, and Sally, you can't say no to this one. What do you think <laughs> NetUp does to empower women, you know, whether it's something you've seen from HR perspective or generally, I would like to hear your perspective on, uh, on that from both of you? Uh, so, yeah, so first we have, like I mentioned earlier, we have a very active with group. And the group is, we have multiple locations and there's a with group and so many sites. And we have support from executives. So it's not just like, hey, let's just get together and do something. Uh, but we have support from executives. We have our own budget to do things. Um, so we have different career talks. We have book clubs. It's a, it's a great way to network with people. And the group is not just for women. We welcome men as well because we need male allies. Um, and then through the group, we do a lot of community outreach as well. So here in RPP, we have uh, community outreach with Dress for Success. Um, 
and we have different resource drives for homeless shelters and we do a lot for the community as a web group. Um, another thing that um, NetApp does is they have all these uh, trainings for managers for unconscious bias, uh, which is really cool. Most managers are men and most people that are making the hiring decisions are men. Uh, so just educating them about, hey, you need to, to be aware that, well, women interview differently than men, so these are some things that they need to, to be aware of. Um, and then um, I think starting 2018, the uh, HR updated their um, maternity and paternity leave policy, which is great. So it, it gives more time for new parents. Um, I'm, I'm not a new parent myself, but I've I really appreciate NetApp doing that for all the, the people that are having children. Um, and then there is so much flexibility from management. Like if I or someone on my team has uh, to take their kid to practice, uh, well, they can leave early and take their kid to practice, come back and work later from home. Uh, so it's not like, oh, you have to be here and no, you can't work from home. Uh, so there, all this flexibility goes a long way. So it's not just um, it's not just, hey, you're doing a job, it's just all the culture and the support behind it as well. Um, Rochelle, you can add more to that if you want. Um, I think you did a great job, Sally. And you're, ha you're having fun with it, I'm having fun with it. I forget, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> to go back, um, the question is basically what do you feel like NetApp does to to support um, inclusivity, to support diversity, to generally support more, empower more women or at the workplace, whether it's certain initiative or, you know, certain things we see as part of the corporate culture. And obviously, Rochelle is being one of the founders, uh, founding members of, of NetApp you probably have a lot of perspective of how, how things changed over the years. You can maybe oh. tell us a little bit about how NetApp started, why not? Oh, well, let me just say, I'm not a founding member of WIT. Wish, wish I was, that'd be great. But um, um, I, I, my understanding is that WIT started with uh, three women and just getting together to probably talk. Um, I probably should know more about how WIT started. I, I'm guessing um, it started with those three women. Um, my understanding is it kind of grew organically in product operations. So I believe that we started um, as a highly technical women's group and we've kind of expanded from there across the company and we have kind of a strategy, a site strategy similar to the NetApp strategy so that we're clustered by site where we're located. So tell yes. us a little bit of how you, your engagement started, for instance. I mean, let's not talk too much about the history, but you know, what made you decide to spend your time volunteering with, with NetApp with? And generally, like, what, what do you enjoy so much about it? We, it's all about supporting women, but we would like to hear your perspective. Um, well, I'm in RTP as well with Sally, and I started doing community support with Dress for Success and RTP, and I really enjoyed that. Um, that is just really awesome. If you're not familiar with Dress for Success, it's where we um, help women who are currently unemployed become employed. And what's great is instead of giving them a fish, we teach them how to fish. And then, you know, what they desire over a short period of time, they become employed and they're able to pay for themselves and their children 
forever. There's a little bit of a mentoring program, and I don't want to get into it too much, but there's a lot of things there happening to help them be a success. And that's really great. And as I did that, I got to know lots more women in RTP and what they were doing. And like Sally was saying, I was participating in the book clubs and going to the they have webinars and leadership things. And as I was doing that, I was really enjoying that. And I forget exactly how it happened, but someone asked me if I wanted to be on the WIT steering committee. Oh, I remember Margie did in product operations. Um, I'm going to have a hard time saying her last name. Margie, can you say it, Sally? Markovska Reed. <laughs> yes, it's spelled exactly how it sounds. And yeah. she said to me, would you like to be on the WIT steering committee? And without really figuring out what that meant, I said, sure. And I've been there ever since. And so we, ha we try and help the site um, have what they need so that they can grow. That's really how WIT grows. And WIT has over 1,000 people, um, women in technology, at NetApp. So we are a pretty large employee group within NetApp. Yeah, I think it I think it's pretty cool. Uh I've been part of it for over half a year now and I just love the spirit of everyone. And actually recently I saw in an email exchange that our VP of EMEA, Alexander Walner, wants to be more active in in WIT. So we just need more more and more people, especially from the male side, to to join and I think a lot of a lot of employees have the misconception you have to be a woman to to be part of it, but it's it's even more important to have more men because every man has either it has a, every man has a mother or a sister or a wife or a daughter. Especially when it comes to daughters, they have to learn how to empower them and embrace embrace them. And I've seen so many wonderful stories of people reading blogs about Netapwit or, or generally about women in tech, and they're like. I'm just going to send this to my daughter, and I think this is an incredibly empowering and reassuring we're doing the right thing. Sally, how did you start it with NetUpWit, and how, how, how long you've been part of it? What is your main role? Um, so when I first started, I was like, okay, I heard there's a web group. I need to find who it was. Well, luckily, Margie was in the same organization. She was um, a site leader um, along with uh, Maggie Gouch. So, I reached out to them, became a member right away, uh, started attending all the events, and then uh, Maggie went on maternity leave, and um, she's like, hey, can you take over um, leadership while I'm away? So I did that for, uh, I think she was out for three months, so I was a side co-lead with Margie. Um, and then ever since then, I've been just pretty active with uh, with, with community. Um, at NetApp. So we have, like before Grace Hopper, we have sessions to help people brainstorm with their submissions. So I help like reviewing the submissions before they actually get submitted to Grace Hopper itself. Um, just doing all kind of different things with uh, with WIT. Um, the book clubs have been so much fun as well. So we have our WIT library in RTP, and I've got to meet people that otherwise I wouldn't really meet. Like the site is, is large in RTP, and we, if you don't interact with someone on day to day, you might not see them, um, and so it's a great way to learn or meet new people um, from all different organizations. Yeah, I just want to jump in and say how men usually get involved in women in technology. I think that might be useful. 
a number of men who are first looking to be promoted to the first level of management, we have a lot of leadership webinars, will come for those. Um, the leadership webinars do focus on how a woman can get promoted, but, you know, it's probably 90, 95% the same. So men will come in and get, they'll get that, um, and it's good for them as well. Um, then they see how warm and welcoming it is, and then they hang around. Um, also, the book clubs, they'll say, I want to read that book. A lot of the books are just leadership books that they're reading, and five or ten of us will get around and read a book, and they'll enjoy that. The other way men get involved is as their daughters start to get towards college. They want to know what's happening with us because they want to connect with their daughters and help their daughters. And sometimes that's where the executives get in, get involved. So a number of the executives that we've made connections with and started to do more things with, it relates to, in part, their daughters. And that's a really positive, it's, it's a great synergy. Oh, can I, can I add a plug to our Young Women in Technology group? So every, every summer, uh, we have a Young Women in Technology workshop, so it's a day where we bring girls from 6th grade to 10th grade, and a lot of these are uh, sponsored by employees, so they would bring their daughters, their nieces, their neighbors, uh, and then we have people from um, like Dress for Success uh, and just from the community as well. Um, and the leader for that is Vanessa Ambosecchia, and she does a great job. Every year, uh, the girls just have a blast. We have different workshops. Uh, usually like three during the day and that's another way like men get involved they're like oh there's this young woman thing I want to enroll my daughter and then we, we lure them in that way too. Sounds like a really successful luring technique. <laughs> <laughs> hey I, I just have a really quick question about uh, Dress for Success. Now you both are located in RTP is that correct? Correct. Okay do you know if that same program expands to other NetApp locations. Um, I'm I'm interested in Maine because that's where I'm I'm based out of. Absolutely, it is a national organization, and I believe an international organization. Like all organizations like that, they're stronger in some areas than others. We happen to have a strong chapter here in RTP. Um, you know, check it out and see um, where it's located. If it's you know, I'm sure it is in Massachusetts, but how close is it to you and um, how convenient is it? It's super convenient and a great organization here, and so we really support it here. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. This sounds like know. a really cool opportunity for volunteering, I think, in general. So I'll yeah. make sure I check it out and we share if there's a dedicated link with our audiences as well. Yeah, and again, it starts with this grassroots effort. So it's we had two WIT members that were volunteering with Dress for Success, and then they said, hey, anyone else is interested in volunteering? And then we started, uh, it just started growing that way, uh, not like Dress for Success, but with involvement with Dress for Success started growing that way, and then we started uh, supporting it formally. Because I, I think it might be a nice way, you know, as, as we all know, NetApp um, gives its employees 40 hours of yeah. uh, volunteer time every year. and Typically, we're, we're doing things for the community, but this specifically would support, you know, women, and I think that could be something uh, worth investigating for sure. Absolutely. I was going to say absolutely the same. Shameless plug for all of us being at NetApp, but I think we're quite fortunate to have that paid volunteering time off, and that was one of the most impressive things I found about NetApp is 
how we can dedicate our time to doing what we love and what what we're passionate about. And I think a lot of women are passionate about helping other women as well. So this seems like a great initiative, and you know, it's one of those really cool things that we we do and end up with. And I think more people should hear about it. So maybe that's an idea for another blog. I think it could be. Well, I have a question that is not exactly directed to GHC, nor is it directly to um, uh, our NetApp Women in Technology, but it is a technology question. And it's, uh, it's one where you kind of have to look back and think about it. So, if you, knowing what you know right now, where you are in your careers today, um, what advice would, would you give your younger self entering into a role or a career in technology? Sally? Ooh, um, I think the, the main thing would be don't have self-doubt. Um, you're not an expert. You're not born an expert, basically. So get in into the role. Um, expect to learn a lot. Put in the time. Um, and just things will work out. Excellent. That's a great one uh, for sure. Rochelle? Um, I think I would say um, just for myself and for all women just to be more confident and be more of a risk taker. I think in general for myself and for others, women think, well, when I know 90% of the things on the job rec, I'll apply. Where um, my male colleagues will say, I, I know 30% of that. I got this. Um, just to be bolder of of just taking the opportunity um, and volunteering for the next item and just doing it, knowing that you'll learn and you'll grow. And um, I would like to do a really big thank you to Amy Welsh, who has um, coordinated all of us going to Grace Hopper, our Grace Hopper booth, um, and she has a huge team working with her to do that and just all of these positions in uh, NetApp WID are volunteers. So thank you for her and her team for doing the great job on um, a great popper. And actually, I'd like a call out too to um, her manager, uh, Thomas Schroeder, who allows her to do that. So here, 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 here. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us uh, with this podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, best of luck and happy travels to uh, Houston to the Grace Hopper Conference. Uh, I'll, this is, I'm a first timer as well attending, so I'm looking forward to seeing the conference through your eyes uh, next week, but also looking just as a newbie. Uh, so I really does appreciate that your insights along? and thoughts. Does that, does that mean you're tagging yeah, along, Cecilia? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. tagging. Um, I'm going to give that social media perspective. Uh, so, uh, to our listeners out there who are listening to this podcast, we thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to add us to your queue, uh, and we hope that you will come back and listen to us again. If you have any feedback, feel free to reach out to us at NetApp. Um, we will uh, get your thoughts and ideas in our next episode. Thank you so much, and take care. Bye-bye.